This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of visceral blunt trauma from the knee and sports section on orthobullets.com. As a quick introduction, visceral blunt injuries include abdominal wall injuries, spleen injuries, liver injuries, kidney injuries, as well as testicular and penile injuries. Contact sports and direct blows are risk factors for visceral injury. Keep in mind that a deceleration pattern of injury is more likely to cause injury to the spleen, liver, or kidney. In this episode, we'll go over diaphragmatic spasm, abdominal wall injury slash rectus sheath hematoma, spleen injuries, liver injuries, kidney injuries, and finally penile and testicular injuries. Starting with diaphragmatic spasm, this is commonly known as getting the wind knocked out. It's caused by a direct blow to the epigastrium, causing diaphragmatic spasm. Treatment is observation as this resolves spontaneously, and athletes may continue to play. Moving on to abdominal wall injury slash rectus sheath hematoma, this is an injury to the epigastric or intramuscular vessels. As far as presentation, keep in mind that acute pain in a localized area is usually a sign of abdominal wall injury. Symptoms mimic surgical abdomen with nausea and vomiting. Patients may also have pain with active trunk flexion or rotation. As far as evaluation, diagnosis can be made with CT. Treatment can be either non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes ice and rest, which is indicated for most cases. Operative options include surgical decompression, which can be required if there is persistent progression and pain. Moving on to spleen injuries, this is the most common organ injured in the abdomen as the result of blunt trauma. It's also the most common cause of death because of an abdominal injury. Remember that there is an increased risk with splenomegaly after infectious mononucleosis. The presentation of spleen injuries can include nausea and vomiting, sharp left upper quadrant pain that becomes dull after a time and more diffuse, and finally remember that localized pain that progresses to diffuse pain is concerning for visceral injury. As far as evaluation, diagnosis of spleen injuries can be made with a CT scan. Treatment can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes clinical observation, which is indicated in most cases. Operative options includes a splenectomy, which is indicated only in severe injuries. Moving on to liver injuries, the liver is the second most commonly injured organ. As far as the presentation, symptoms include right upper quadrant pain that may radiate to the right shoulder. As far as evaluation, diagnosis can be made with a CT scan. Treatment is typically non-operative, specifically conservative treatment with monitoring and rest. Moving on to kidney injuries, these are more common in contact athletes and usually occurs with blunt abdominal trauma to the flank. As far as presentation, be sure to look slash ask for hematuria. As far as evaluation, diagnosis of a kidney injury can also be made with a CT scan. As far as treatment, urgent surgery for a kidney injury can be indicated in the setting of extensive bleeding with a renal fracture or vascular pedicle injury. Finally, let's talk about penile and testicular injuries. Specifically, we'll go over pudendal nerve neuropraxia and testicular injury. So pudendal nerve neuropraxia is common in bicyclists. As far as presentation, this condition causes penile shaft numbness. Treatment is non-operative with seat modifications. Finally, in terms of testicular injury, the mechanism is usually a kick. This can lead to rupture of the tunica albuginea, which is the outer covering, and this may cause a hematocele. The presentation of a testicular injury can be a painful, firm scrotal mass that does not transilluminate. The diagnosis can be made with ultrasound by urology. Treatment is typically observation. 
Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic might be tested. First question. A 21-year-old football player is evaluated down on the field after a hit. He complains of left arm numbness and abdominal pain. He did not lose consciousness or experience any headache or vision changes. After walking to the sideline, his arm numbness is improving, but he experiences two episodes of vomiting, and his blood pressure is 70 over 48 millimeters of mercury. What is the next most appropriate step in the workup and treatment? And the choices are 1. Antiemetics and rest on the sideline. 2. Fluid resuscitation and transfer to the ER for abdominal CT. 3. Removal from play and non-emergent cervical spine MRI. 4. Return to play after his arm symptoms have completely resolved. And 5. Fluid resuscitation and transfer to the ER for a head CT. The correct answer to this question is 2. Fluid resuscitation and transfer to the ER for an abdominal CT. So the patient has hemodynamic instability and vomiting, which requires fluid resuscitation and evaluation for blunt abdominal trauma. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, antiemetics and rest on the sideline is incorrect as the patient has hemodynamic instability in addition to vomiting. Further workup is warranted prior to return to play. Answer 3, removal from play and non-emergent cervical spine MRI is incorrect as the patient experienced a stinger with complete resolution of symptoms. No further imaging is warranted at this time. Answer 4, return to play after his arm symptoms have completely resolved is incorrect as while the patient had a stinger and is improving, he is currently hemodynamically unstable and warrants further workup and treatment. Finally, answer 5, fluid resuscitation and transfer to the ER for a head CT is incorrect as the patient was not exhibiting signs of a concussion at this time and his abdominal trauma is more likely the source of vomiting. To quickly review, blunt abdominal trauma is a reason for urgent transfer for further workup and imaging. Hemodynamic instability is a sign of serious visceral trauma and hemorrhage, including spleen, liver, and kidney injuries. The hemodynamic instability should be treated immediately with fluid resuscitation and advanced imaging that should be obtained. An abdominal CT scan can evaluate for location and severity of the visceral injury and guide treatment. Julia et al. conducted a clinical review on the return-to-play criteria after liver and spleen trauma. They advised a high index of suspicion for visceral trauma in any patient reporting abdominal pain. The evaluation may show signs and symptoms including referred pain to the shoulder, ecchymosis in the umbilical or flank regions, and guarding or rebound tenderness. The criteria for return to contact sports varies widely by both type and severity of the visceral injury, but can be as long as six months in severe spleen and liver injuries. Rifat et al. conducted a review on blunt abdominal trauma in sports. The three most common types of injuries are abdominal wall muscle, liver, and spleen injury. The spleen is the most frequent intra-abdominal organ injured in sport. Prompt recognition and transfer for further workup is critical for timely management of visceral blunt trauma in the athlete with hemodynamic instability. Moving on to the next question. A 17-year-old football player presents to the emergency department with the acute onset of left upper quadrant abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, and tachycardia after being tackled during a game. His medical history reveals he had mononucleosis one month ago. What is the most likely explanation for these findings? And the choices are 1. Fractured kidney. 2. Ruptured appendicitis. 3. Ruptured gallbladder. 4. Splenic rupture and 5. Pneumothorax.
the correct answer to this question is for splenic rupture. So the presentation is most consistent with splenic rupture following infectious mononucleosis. Mono causes splenomegaly and an increased risk of traumatic rupture. The most common time for rupture is within the 4 to 21 days after infection. Farley et al. reviewed over 8,000 patients with infectious mononucleosis and found 9 cases of splenic rupture. Current recommendations are that the athlete should not return to contact sports until splenomegaly has resolved. Some even suggest radiographic surveillance, but this is up for debate. And moving on to the final question. A high school hockey player develops diffuse abdominal pain accompanied by nausea and vomiting after a typical body check into the boards. A CT scan shows a ruptured spleen. Which of the following is a recognized risk factor for splenic rupture in this patient? And the choices are 1. Regular creatine usage. 2. Sustaining a spider bite. 3. Drinking alcohol. 4. Sharing water bottles with teammates. And 5. Taking NSAIDs on an empty stomach. The correct answer to this question is 4. Sharing water bottles with teammates. So mononucleosis infection causes acute splenic enlargement, which also makes the organ more susceptible to rupture from trauma. Mononucleosis is often transmitted via oral mucosa in activities such as sharing water bottles or kissing. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, regular creatine usage is incorrect, as this does not cause splenic enlargement. Answer 2, sustaining a spider bite is incorrect, as spider bites can cause skin necrosis but not splenic enlargement. Answer 3, drinking alcohol is incorrect, as drinking alcohol does not place the spleen at increased risk for injury. Finally, answer 5, taking NSAIDs on an empty stomach is incorrect, as taking NSAIDs on an empty stomach can cause gastric irritation and abdominal pain, but not splenic enlargement slash rupture. To quickly review, blunt injury to the spleen is the most common cause of death for visceral injury. The liver and kidney are also commonly injured organs during sporting events. Splenic injuries may present with nausea and vomiting, and sometimes pain referred to the shoulder, known as Kerr's sign, prior to the development of hypotension and collapse. Injury to the kidney may present with or without blood in the urine. Diagnosis is made with abdominal CT, which can also evaluate the liver, kidneys, and bowel. Treatment ranges from observation to immediate laparotomy and packing and or splenectomy. Green reviews GI disorders that are seen in athletes, specifically those that are amenable to medical management. They remind the reader that the athletic performance cannot only exacerbate but also mask an underlying GI disorder, and therefore any complaints of abdominal pain should be viewed both within and outside of the context of sports. That's all for this review about visceral blunt trauma. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.